Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Is that a little bit too loud? So you could hold me. This child away. Yeah. Strong in the faith. Lord, you are the refuge that I can't wait to get to. Cause I can't let a day go. Can't let a day go by without thanking you for the time. Trying to quit my iTunes. There we go. And ooh, there's something about the way your sun shines on my face. It's a love so true, I can never get enough of you. It's a beautiful day. It actually is here in, in uh, southern Tennessee. It is. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and show this out. When trouble seems to rain all my dreams, it's not a big, not a big deal. Let it wash all the bugs off my windshield. There we go. Showing me. Hello, people. Are you going to get on and sing? You're a weird couple, you know that. There's something about the way your sun shines on my face. It's a love so true, I can never get enough of you. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a tablespoon, people. Yeah, yeah, there I am. I've got no need to worry. I've got no room for doubt. No matter what's coming at me, you'll always be the beautiful I sing about. There ain't no limitations. My coffee exploded. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. You're amazing, Yeah, I did. But... And there's something about the way Here's the best part of the cup. Love shines on my face. Oh no, I can never get enough of you. This feeling can't be wrong. I'm about to get my worship on. I'm gonna sing a brand new song. Yeah, I'm about to get my worship on. Take me away on this beautiful day. Okay, Jamie. That's right, Jamie Grace. <laughs> Jamie Grace Collins. All right, I definitely need to get a, a headset that has two two soft things. Anyway. All right, so how are you people? I'm just curious. Are you good? My head's being cut off. <laughs> I should scoot down. <laughs> I don't know. What are you doing? I'm trying to reach over and turn down the phone's volume on the... Okay, which one is it? This one? That one, yes. Okay, is that good? Yeah, and then I'll turn my phone's level up. All right, hello, people. And then it doesn't distort. It's not overdriven. Okay, good. All right, so hey, people. Hello, people. Uh, how's your day been? Has it been like mine? Gosh, this day has gone by so fast. I'm like, serious. It's like 4 o'clock already after four uh yeah so anyway hello welcome to the show glad you're here if you're on twitch hello people if you're on youtube hello people if you're watching the archive hello people <laughs> i don't know i don't know how i got into the so what's of, what's the uh, difference of calling so if you're on twitch it's hello people if you're on youtube it's hello people and if you're watching the archive it's hello people so <laughs> why not just hello people <laughs> You know, it's weird. I don't know why I started calling everybody people. 
Well, it's better than calling them animals. I know, but it's or, weird. It's like, you know. Or amoeba or something Janet like that. Janet refers to all her audience as friends. Oh. Kay Arthur refers to her audience as beloved. Well, that's maybe better. Me? I refer to you as people. <laughs> hey, but I mean it in a... I've in been a, called worse things. I mean it in a in a terms of endearment way, right? <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Hey, you know, it's one of those quirky things. And Bob is here. Hey, Bob, did you miss me? Yeah, you did. Or did you get your fill of bare face while I was gone? <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. All right. Well, we got a couple of things to cover, okay? We're going to cover this um, Notre Dame thing. Which, you know, happened yesterday or everybody and their grandmother was talking about it. And and I don't know why I even say that. Everybody and their grandmother, you know. Grandmothers talk about a lot of stuff, just so you know. Yeah, they do. I'm a mammal, half man, half mammal. Okay, well, it's good to know. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to read that story. We're going to talk about a BBC poll that says fewer than half of the United Kingdom Christians believe Jesus died, rose again for forgiveness of their sins. And of course, there is also a story coming out of Hong Kong where a Hong Kong pastor uh, who is facing prison preaches the sermon of his life. Actually, this is a Baptist pastor. Um, Very interesting story there as well. And and, you know, it's interesting because, um, is there a reason you just did that? What did I do? Put the cursor and made it go around on the thing. I was trying to find it. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, and you think this is easy. Yeah, you do. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so, yeah, so there's there's other news. But, you know, there's, there's a couple of things I want to share first before I jump into this. Because I'm always trying to come up with something in- interesting and intriguing to talk about, right? But I have to, I have to share something. Uh, Legal Shield is my side business, and one of the things in Legal Shield that they teach us is to do two exposures a day, or do two to two to five exposures a day, meaning that you share the opportunity of the membership with somebody, whether it's with identity theft insurance or legal shield insurance. It was talking about two to, you know, five people. So, you know, the more people you share the opportunity with, the more likely you are to get a sale, right? Makes sense, right? So I was thinking about it and I was thinking, you know, as Christians, don't you think it would be kind of cool to do the same thing? You know, to actually do, quote, two to five exposures a day of the gospel to people. I mean, think about it. If if people in sales can set these goals to to share, you know, their business opportunity, to share their, you know, um, opportunity to to make money or whatever, how much more so us sharing the gospel with unbelievers? And, and herein comes... Uh, something that, frankly, I'm kind of irritated by <laughs> a little bit, just, just, just a little bit, just slightly. Because yesterday's show, okay, I, I read my Facebook comments, and and um, and what really bothers me is that sometimes people leave comments, but they don't really listen to the show, and I get that. Who has time to listen to us all the time? I know, I know. It's not always a priority, but those of you, you, but those of you who show up, you usually do listen. You actually know what we actually stand for, what we talk about. That's one thing. This isn't who I'm addressing. It's the knuckleheads, and I mean that in the nicest way possible, who will jump on a subject by looking at a headline without actually reading a story. Because, you know, a lot of headlines are clickbait, right? I mean, they are. It's true. They are. I mean, hello, clickbait is the way is that's how you get people to come in. If it bleeds, it leads, you know, and it's so sad, but it's so true. Right. And so what I what I noticed in my comments um, through my Facebook page, which is Facebook dot com forward slash Bible News Radio, which I pulled our show off of. I don't broadcast live there anymore because nobody watched it. Basically, I mean, people watch on YouTube and other places. So, so when it comes to homosexuality or homosexuals attending church, right, it's, it's like, 
we get a bad rap because we say not just homosexuals, but just any unbeliever in general going to church. That's not what the church was made for. The, the temple, the, the, the congregation, the building, if you will, where people go to worship God. That was, that, that's a place that people go who are already born again and they're saved and they go there to worship and pray, right? Jesus said that his house should be called a house of prayer. Unbelievers don't care about prayer, okay? Just saying, they don't. Most of them don't care about it. Now, is it true that unbelievers do cry out to God and get saved? Yes, of course. Duh, hello. If you're saved, you're one of those former people, right? You're a former unbeliever. But for the sake of the discussion, the discussion is the temple, the church, the congregation, if you will, the building where people go to worship is not for unbelievers. And so I, I saw a little bit of this this kickback on my Facebook page, like, well, who are you to judge? And what are you, Holy Spirit Junior? And, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, uh, no. And <laughs> I'm just trying to make a point that Bill Hybels and Rick Warren and all of, all of the other, you know, big name pastors of the megachurches made it very popular, and it really started with Bill Hybels, to actually flip the church service into an entertainment service for unbelievers who were supposedly seeking to come in and worship God or get to know God. Because this was the only way, you know, if we don't conform the church to the world, is the only way these unbelievers are going to come to the Lord, right? Well, here's a, here's a fact, right? I'm just going to say this. You can hate me if you want. I don't really care. Most people don't get saved in church. I know a handful of you have. Maybe some of you are actually raised in the church. You were blessed with that heritage. Most of the people that I know were never saved in church. They were never saved in the church, period. They weren't. You know, in fact, most people I know are saved outside of the church, like I was. I was not saved in the church. Bareface wasn't saved in the church. We're two people, just so you know, who did not go to church as unbelievers. We went to churches as believers because that's where you go once you're a believer. But people are like, well, what, you know, who are you to judge? And, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm irritated because it's like you state something actually biblical and people get really ticked off at you. And I get it because that's what the, that's the time, the day and age that we're in. It's a feel good, you know, religion in America, right? I'm just going to say this. The church in America is largely apostate. It's milk toast. It's asleep. It's not doing the things that God has called her to do, period. It's an entertainment center for most people, Right? I mean, I could, I could gripe a lot about a lot of stuff I see in the church. I talk to a lot of people. I have pastors that tune in this show that tell me stuff that happens in their church. You know, unfortunately, the pastors that actually tune into my show, they, they appreciate what I do because they know that the biblical illiteracy in America is rampant and it's tragic. It's horrible. It's actually horrifying. It is. You know, <clears throat> Woodrow Kroll, the former um, uh, pastor teacher, Bible teacher of the, the um, ministry Back to the Bible, he actually retired three or four years ago. I forgot how long ago it was, but, but um, he has partnered with a, a ministry. I'm going to see if I can find the actual name because I, I forgot it. I think it's because um, I want to share this with you, because this is this is super important. This is why I'm sharing this. Um, anyway, it's a it's a yeah, it's called the Helios Project. Okay, now this is a project coming out of Israel, and what it is is a group of people actually put together um, the Bible. Um, in such a way on a device that is, is solar powered, uh, so that, you know, people could donate to it and get the Bible into the hands of pastors in all these countries where they don't have any theological training, right? He actually says that about, um, 95% of the pastors, I think in China in particular, 
have never had one theological class or training or anything on, you know, on what they believe as believers. So they actually took 200 hours of his, of, of uh, Back to the Bible and, and Woodrow Kroll's teaching, which is extremely great. Um, I highly recommend him. I had the blessing of meeting him actually a couple years ago. And Tammy Weiser, who was his co-host, has also been a, a guest on our show as well. But anyway, they put all this this theological training on this this thing so that people could donate and this thing could get into the hands of the underground church, right? And the churches and the pastors all over the world that don't have the theological training, you know, just the basic stuff, you know, how do you defend the, the deity of Christ or the Trinity or the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ? I mean, the basics of of what all believers should should know, right? You would think that the theological training would be awesome everywhere in the world, right? But it's not. And yet Jesus called those uh, who are fishermen and, and tax gatherers and and collectors and, you know, various backgrounds who had no theological training. I don't have any theological training. I did go to Bible college. I do admit that. I, I did take a couple of Bible classes. But most of my, my training is from my own study and my own research of the, the, the Bible and being taught by other radio Christian apologists like Steve, uh, Greg Kogel from Stand to Reason uh, and Kay Arthur from Precept Ministries. I mean, those are some of my biggest influences. Janet Parshall, uh, you know, a fellow Christian broadcaster. These people mentored me through radio, but like 5% of the pastors, you know, in China and other places, they don't have much of a training, right? So it's so you wonder why or how there's so much false doctrine out there. It's because people aren't theologically being taught. And yet here in America, there is zero excuse, people. Absolutely zero excuse. If you know how to read, you should be able to get into the scripture and read it for yourself and study it for yourself. True story. And you know what? Most of you don't. Most of you take a scripture in Nair, who is 23 years old. She actually, I just love her. Uh, she got radically saved. She actually posted a, a thing on Instagram, and I actually reposted it on my Instagram. It was Matthew 7, and and, um, and she it had it had all of Matthew 7 scribbled out except the two words, judge not. And the, the caption read um, something to the effect of, uh, this is, uh, this is how the world reads the Bible or something like that. Or, or this is how most Christians read the Bible. Anyway, it was so right on. I was like, I had to share this because that's what that's what the unbelievers do. But Christians shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be take, picking and choosing and 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 making up this false doctrine and out there with this and, you know, and stuff. We need to read stuff in context. And that's why. It's sad to me and irritating to me when Randall and I try to teach something and we're trying to get a biblical point across. And yes, the topics are so-called inflammatory, but you know what? They're really not. Every single topic we address is a biblical issue. Everyone. I don't care what topic it is. There is a biblical worldview that we as Christians have that we should be building our faith on and the reason that we hold to what we believe. And I'm going to tell you something as... I look at the news happening around the world. It's a little bit chilling and it's a little bit sobering because persecution is happening and it's happening in places that you would not have expected it. Okay. Uh, there, there is, there are some people who believe this, you know, what happened yesterday with Notre Dame was um, just kind of a, you know, target and kind of sending him a message to uh to the church you know they've already burned down churches all over nigeria that went un unreported by the way 700 in a day okay the muslims did that the muslims that want to take over america want to overtake us by 2020 i've said this numerous times it's been documented um you know and i'm just saying that if you're a serious believer, you better get used to it or get it, get ready to be challenged and convicted for what you believe because you're going to be forced to. In Canada, they're already doing it. 
we're right below Canada. We're right behind Canada. Some of you guys guys already know what's happened, um, you know, in Canada uh, with with basic things. And just because President Trump is our current president doesn't mean that we're going to have Christian freedom that much longer. He's placed some pretty interesting people in places where I don't think that they should be placed, but whatever. You know, I, I get accused, ah, oh, you're, you're for Trump. No, <laughs> I wasn't for Hillary. <laughs> you know, Hillary was more evil than Trump. So let's just say that. Uh, but anyway, with that said, Randall, do you have any comments before we get into the, to the article? Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Am I making any sense? Because I'm feeling a little bit irritated today. Just so you know, slightly annoyed, to be honest. <laughs> this is how I look when I'm annoyed. Can I take two minutes to do a quick survey of the Bible? Yeah, go ahead. To emphasize what we're talking about, that this is a biblical concept. Um, I need to fix the... Um, All right. That'll do, I guess. It is what it is. All right. All right. Whirlwind tour here. Stay with me. 1 Corinthians 5, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, says, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people, yet I certainly did not mean the sexually immoral of the people of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. Nothing about keeping company with people out in the world. But now I've written you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral. That includes fornication of all sorts. You know, that's, that's adultery, that's homosexuality, that's any, that's any sexual relationships outside of, outside of marriage, is sexual immorality. Or covetous, or an idolater, or a viler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. But what have I to do with judging those who are, those also who are outside, that is outside the fellowship, outside the church? Do you not judge those who are inside, but those who are outside God judges. Therefore, and he quotes um, from Deuteronomy, put away from yourselves the evil person. Get it? So someone naming a brother who's involved in an unrepentant sin, put away from yourselves that person. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? That cetera, and he, and, he's, and he goes on to quote, you know, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, he quotes from Isaiah and Ezekiel there. So, you know, the, in fellowship, you're not supposed to fellowship with unbelievers, but come out from among them and fellowship with each other. True fellowship. Um, and we begin the show every day with Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose, expose them. them. That's right. it's, it's, it's not about being in the presence of it, it's having fellowship with, uh, you know, partaking, sharing in things. No, don't share in the unfruitful works, rather expose them. Matthew 18, our Lord himself talks about the unrepentant, you know, brother. Uh, if the brother sins against you, go tell him his fault, etc. It won't take won't hear you take two or three more and if refuses you know to hear them tell it to the church if refuses to hear even the church let him to be let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector well what would that be like well that would if they're a heathen unbeliever then put him out of the fellowship acts 247 talking about the other church praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord added to the church daily Anybody who wanted to come, the Lord added to the church daily those who were curious. No, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Not oh my gosh. anybody with a casual interest. That's what the church is made up of daily, you know, those who are being saved. And one more. In yeah, First Corinthians. Because Bob is telling you you already did two minutes. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 14, you can read it. Paul talks about tongues, whatever, and, and he talks about, you know, if you're there and there come in those who are informed or unbelievers. You know, an unbeliever person comes in. They're, 
And if you look at the text in the original language, it's not that they're invited in. It's just that they happen to come in. So we're not talking about, again, barring the doors and looking for, you know, do you have your saved card? Give me a testimony before we can enter the door. It's the doors of the church are open for anybody who will come in, but we shouldn't be inviting unbelievers in, inviting all sinners in. And the church is for the fellowship of believers, those who are being saved. I know. If there happens to come in. You're being a Holy Spirit Jr., though. Just so If there happens to come in an uninformed person, those who are uninformed unbelievers, you know, so be it. We're not to thrust them out. Perhaps they'll come to saving knowledge. But if they say that they're a brother or sister, they they profess a testimony for the Lord, but live in unrepentant sin, then we need to be tough and say, and we, and this we, isn't the place for and you. We, we actually shared, you know, a while back where um, we were in a church uh, where the worship leader was sleeping around with his fiance. And mm. we, you, you had, we, you and me actually had the opportunity to say, dude, look, you can't be doing that. You, you gotta get married to her. You can't do her. both. Yeah. And, and he ended up having to leave it. And it was killer. It was a killer to do it. But you know what? He eventually repented. And he did get married to her. And then he was welcomed back. But it, I mean, you know. And there was another situation when I was an elder to church. There was, um, well, a couple times. <laughs> there were people in ministry that were, um, using using drugs and said you know worship you leaders right yeah you you can't that can't be <laughs> you either do that or you get out of here right so all that to say let me ask you something if we're called to be holy which means to be set apart doesn't mean perfect but it means to be set apart if we're called mm-hmm. to be holy and set apart then how is having unbelievers in the church Right. fulfilling that i mean it's not it's just not so i mean i kind of i have sympathy for the amish and those you know who to write stuff that would separate themselves from the world but on a permanent basis where they live and have no contact with the outside world it's hard to be it's hard to be an evangelist it's hard to be a witness yeah. if you're if there but i i get i get the motivation to do that but that's what the congregation, that's what the fellowship is for. To the, the right. fellowship is for of believers to congregate together. Let me also just add another layer to this. Since we've gone down this, you know, taco salad route. <laughs> okay, seriously. Okay. Sure. So, the idea of an altar call at a church. Okay. Now that's 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 a relatively new thing, right? It's a relatively new thing that right that pastors give an altar call. And I remember some people getting all upset. Well, my pastor doesn't give an altar call. How are we supposed to know if somebody's saved? Well, like I said, the, the, the place for a church, you know, that's not the job of the pastor. The pastor, the, the job of the pastor is to make disciples and to shepherd the flock to the oversee job, the flock. Yes. And the job of every believer is to make disciples, disciples. You know, and to go out, which which then leads me back to my other point, which is, look, if Legal Shield can train me as an associate to go and make two to five exposures a day, trying to explain to people how great Legal Shield is, how much more so us who have the gospel, we should be going out every single day and making exposures for uh, for the gospel if we were actually doing what the Lord told us to, right? But how many of you are, okay? You don't have to raise your hand, but I pretty much know almost none of you are, okay? So now don't call me Holy Spirit Junior because I said that, but it's a fact, right? I don't do it myself. So I'm, I'm pointing my finger at me too to make a point, right? And, and the point is that that... If we're going to be disciples, we're going to be people of the word, and we're really going to have to stand up for what we believe. And I'm going to share with you a story in just a few minutes about this. Then now is the time. We better do it now while we have the freedom to, and we're not in jail. 
And I've never been more serious in my life when I say that because it's kind of chilling to think about where America's headed and other places in the world. <clears throat> so with that said, let's look at this lead story. I know it took forever to get to it. <sighs> anyway, Muslims celebrate as Blaze destroys Notre Dame. Many believe cat catastrophe nailed it <laughs> bears witness to truth of islam so um so social media users with muslim names are celebrating the catastrophic fire at the notre dame cathedral in paris on monday the american mirror blog provided a sampling of the names of facebook users who responded to a video of the fire with a laughing emoji um the names included yusef muhammad dazi muhammad Haidai, Muhammad Ben Salem, I know I'm butchering these, sorry, uh, Abdel Hakim, whatever, anyway, Twitter username Damien Ree, Ree, Ryu, <laughs> anybody want to edit my, my problem with names, go, go, Fed. go ahead, make, do it, um, <laughs> Posted examples of Muslims cheering the cathedral's demise. Allah est grand, commented Muhammad, of course. Jihad Watch director Robert Spencer pointed out, and he's been on my show a few times, many Muslims believe that the ruins and destruction of non-Muslim structures testifies to the truth of Islam. The Quran, wrote Spencer, suggests that the destroyed remnants of, of ancient non-Muslim civilizations are a sign of Allah's punishment of those who reject his truth. He, he cited Quran... 3.137 Many were the ways of life that have passed away before you travel through the earth and see what was the end of those who rejected truth. WorldNet Daily reported Monday that while there was no indication that the Notre Dame fire is related to terrorism, a YouTube algorithm de designed to combat fake news and conspiracy theories equated the Paris catastrophe <laughs> <sighs> with the 9-11 New York City terror attacks. I actually did see that too all over the place. So that's the thing. So yeah, so let me ask you something. Why would Muslims be celebrating because of that? I mean, the religion of peace. How come Muslims are like celebrating the destruction of, uh, of Notre Dame, you know, cathedral? Fellow Muslims that watch the show, please let me know, okay? Do those Muslims speak for you? I actually have some Muslims in my audience. Do they? Do they speak for you? Or were you happy? Do you abide by your Quran that you read, supposedly? Hmm? Do you? Just curious. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. Bearface, you have any, any thoughts on that? Well, of course, you know, emojis on Facebook is not necessarily, you know, uh, a, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a strong indicator or a definitive, that's what I'm looking for. It's not a definitive indicator of celebrating of, Muslims, you know, people with Muslim names using life and emoji on Facebook isn't a definitive indicator, but it certainly is uh, an indicator. And it'd be interesting to look at uh, television, uh, you know, Arabic language television in uh, Muslim countries to oh. see there. I'm sure if I did some other. research on this, I could find a whole bunch of stuff out, but I, I've chosen not to for now, just so you know. All right. So, The Blaze is reporting another article, BBC poll. Fewer than half of UK Christians believe Jesus died, rose again for forgiveness of their sins. So, the question is, just from that headline, does that upset you? Because it should. How much of the traditional Easter story is actually optional for Christians? That's a good question. With Holy Week upon us, uh, a new BBC poll found that fewer than half of Christians in the United Kingdom, 46%, believe Jesus died and rose again for the forgiveness of their sins. A BBC radio program that aired Sunday said the online poll was taken in early March and surveyed more than 2,000 British adults. The host said the results raised questions. How much of the traditional Easter story, story is actually optional for Christians? The program aired commentary from Dave Tomlinson, an Anglican priest and author of How to Be a Bad Christian and a Better Human Being, who said the reason why it appears fewer people believe the traditional Easter story as the Bible presents it is because it just doesn't make sense. I think it makes God 
out to be some kind of weird monster, really. Huh? Tomlinson said, adding that he sees some evangelicals also questioning the Easter story and Christ's atonement for their sins. But wait, the program added that according to poll, 82% of Christians who attend worship services at least once a month overwhelmingly agree that the Easter story is true. So it would seem the numbers depend greatly on how individuals define themselves. Respondents can say they identify as Christians, insist they don't believe Christ died and rose from the dead for the forgiveness of their sins, but it appears most of them don't identify as Christians enough to attend church at least once a month. The BBC program also featured a pair of guests who debated the issue. The bulk of the content can be heard after the 34-minute mark, and it's linked over there in the thingy. Pushback. Among the replies to the BBC tweet about the new poll's findings were those who questioned the Christian faith of those who don't believe the traditional Easter story. Um, then they are not Christians. How can they say they're Christians if they don't believe in the main part of the story? This makes them not Christians. <laughs> but one com commenter countered, What do you call someone who lives their life in the way Jesus did, loving everyone, fighting injustice, following the Sermon on the Mount, but who doesn't think Jesus was or is God and didn't rise again after his death? That was met with the following re reply, tragic, because if you're living the way Jesus did, it's impossible that he wouldn't have inspired your soul to search for him and understand that being holy is infinitely more than just being nice and good. That means you've, you've turned down his invite for you to really follow him. Good answer. Anything else? A similar poll was taken two years ago, and a quarter of survey respondents who identify as Christians said they don't believe in Christ's resurrection. But 57% of active Christians, again, those who attend church at least once a month, believe the resurrection took place. And believe it or not, that 2017 BBC poll said 9% of non-religious people believe in the resurrection, and 1% say they believe it literally. Hmm. So that's interesting. Um and again, going back to back to the Bible, like what I was talking about earlier, um, you know, back to the Bible many years ago commissioned a, uh, a research study that actually was trying to figure out, well, what was it that how reading the Bible, being in the scripture daily, how can that impact a person's life? Well, what they found was that a person who engages the scripture, even for a short time every single day, uh, you know, four or five days out of the week has a lot lower uh, rate of, you know, falling into addiction, you know, pornography, divorce, you know, all the big stuff that, you know, the world struggles with. If you're engaging in the word of God, there's actual proof that if you actually engage with God's word every day or almost every day of the week, the percentage of that happening in your life is a lot lower. Um, but here's the other thing. If you're engaging in God's word every day, or at least close to every day, here's the thing. What happens is you'll begin to go, ah, this is what God's word really says. And so when the world starts saying all this other baloney about stuff, you're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on just a second. I just read the other day in whatever, you know what I'm saying? So that's why being in God's word is so important. And even just as important having God's word in you you know, Christ in you, the hope of glory, so that when these perilous times come, which they are here, you will be able to stand firm in your faith. You'll be like a tree rooted by, you know, firmly planted in water, you know, read Psalm 1. All right. So this next story comes out of uh, Christianity Today. And I read this and I want to tell you right now that I'm going to tweet this out on my Twitter account. And if you get time, I want you to go read it. And I want you to click through. And I want you to read this guy's sermon. Because this is it right here. This is his, this, this is the, um, the title of the Christianity Today is Hong Kong Pastor Facing Prison Preaches the Sermon of His Life. And it says here, the Baptist leader convicted for his role in the Occupy Central and Umbrella Movement protests takes the stand with a biblical defense for human rights and civil disobedience. It links this article here, which was 11 pages printed up, but I'm not going to read all of that because I don't want to read 11 pages. Um, but this is his actual full testimony that this man, this pastor gave. And this is, says, in full, I have no regrets. We do not give up. 
Reverend Chu's umbrella movement speech ahead of sentencing. But I will read the Christianity Today article, and then you can go from there. Um, because, again, think of it was you, right? A Baptist pastor in Hong Kong turned the stands of a Hong Kong courtroom into his pulpit, quoting scripture and calling for justice in the name of God after he and eight other activists were convicted Tuesday for crimes related to their involvement with pro-democracy Occupy Central and Umbrella Movement protests. Uh, Chu Yi Ming, leader of Chai Wan Baptist Church, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but anyway, recounted his testimony of finding hope in Christ after a bleak childhood and defended his calling as a minister to fight for human rights, dignity, and care for all people. We have no regrets. We hold no grudges, no anger, no grievances. We do not give up, he said, speaking on behalf of fellow activists involved in a campaign to bring universal voting rights to Hong Kong. Remember, Hong Kong, they're under a communist regime there. So just, you know, pretty much they're told what to do by their dictator. In the words of Jesus, happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Matthew 5.10. An English translation of Chu's remarks to the court was printed in full in the Hong Kong free, free press, which that's what, that's what this is. That's what I printed up. And you know why I printed it up? I'm going to tell you why I printed it up, and I encourage you to print it up. I printed it up because I want to I want to have this. I want to keep it in my Bible because I have a Bible that's not being confiscated by the government yet. And this man grew up under communism, and his testimony is in here. And I just want to remember, this is the price he's paying for the same gospel that I hold and you hold. <clears throat> In 2013, Chu, along with, with scholars Benny Tai and Chan Kinman, launched Occupy Central with Love and Peace, a movement that led to the widespread umbrella movement protests the following year. Though the trio has committed, was committed to nonviolent civil disobedience, the Hong Kong judge found them guilty of conspiracy to commit public nuisance. As a special administrative region of China, Hong Kong has been afforded more freedom and autonomy in in than the mainland. That didn't make sense. Anyway. Supposed to be than in the mainland. Than in the mainland. Okay. But it does not elect government leaders directly and Christian leaders and activists are increasingly worried about encroaching communist control. The 75-year-old pastor told the courtroom in Cantonese, we strive for democracy because democracy strives for freedom, equality, and universal love. Political freedom is more than loyalty to the state. It professes human dignity. Um, and remember, this is a guy who who under Chinese government sat under the one-child policy, right, where they screwed up their, the population by killing off baby girls for so many years. Anyway, <clears throat> every single person living in a community possesses unique potentials and powers capable of making a contribution to society. Human right is a God-given gift, never to be arbitrarily taken away by any political regime. Meanwhile, 200 Christians had gathered for a worship service at Kowloon Union Church, where the Chu and the others first announced the Occupy Central campaign to pray for a favorable verdict for the leaders. Evangelical Focus wrote, Outside the courthouse, supporters held umbrellas as a sign of the protests. Protestant Christians make up about 6% of the population in Hong Kong. Wary of communist oversight, they have played a major role in the push for democracy over the past several years, spurred by their biblical convictions regarding social justice and their willingness to suffer for the cause. One leader told NPR amid the umbrella movement protests, which shut down streets in this city back in 2014, the seeds of peaceful, nonviolent civil disobedience action have been planted deep in the heart of Hong Kong people. Chu said in his testimony, which led, which led some supporters to tears, which, you know, kind of makes me want to cry just so you know, because because I get what they're doing, right? I get what they're doing here. This movement is an awakening, awakening of the civil spirit, well-being, decency, and peace constitute our common dream. It is also the will of God. Let us strive to make it real for our city. Chu has served as a pastor in Hong Kong since 1974 and told the court about worrying that his ministry, that his ministry over the years advocating on behalf of the poor and suffering could get the church in trouble 
with the government. He said he found strength in scripture, which he quoted more than a half dozen times during his remarks before the court. The valley of the shadow of death leads to spiritual heights, he said. For decades, I have preached numerous sermons. Little could I anticipate that the one message... Yep. Which <clears throat> preparation took me the longest time and the most heartfelt prayer and which probably would reach the largest audience is precisely this one delivered from the defendant's dock. Kind of like Paul, you know, you know, when Paul had to go before, you know, the, the people and, you know, and Peter, all those guys when they were declaring the gospel in front of the, the leaders of their, of their, their government. Anyway, Amnesty International called the guilty ruling a crushing blow for freedom of expression and peaceful protests in Hong Kong. Chu faces up to seven years in prison and awaits a sentencing hearing later this month. Others with additional convictions could get um, even lengthier sen sentences. According to news reports, the fellow Occupy Central co-founders asked that he be spared a prison sentence. World interviewed the aging pastor last month. Under the cross, those who participate in the movement need to pay the price, he told the magazine, and now we are paying the price. So, he's 75, um, was very bold, in my opinion. He was very bold. He stood up. He went with God. And, you know, if God ends, you know, if God allows him to go to prison, that at least at least we know he knows the word and you know he will be promoted to prison ministry which isn't like american prison by the way prisons in communist nations are hell not like american prisons which i know are not a piece of cake either but um but you know it's just not the same so your thoughts bareface your thoughts, well, people in the audience listening to me and watching me get all emotional about this? Well, Hong Kong reminds me of uh, Jerusalem in the first century. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. sort of kind of... And that Hong Kong, the city, it was kind of like a city-state. It was under British rule for a long time. And in recent years, um, basically was turned back over to control of the Chinese mainland, the Chinese government. And in this sort of transitory period, although although part of China proper, you know, it's a out on island sort of away from the mainland, um, even though now part of China proper, they still enjoy a little bit of autonomy. Uh, compared to the to mainland China, and but that's that's disappearing in this transition period. Kind of like um, in Jerusalem back in the first century, even though it was, uh, you know, a Jewish city, it was under the umbrella, no pun intended, of the Roman Empire. They enjoyed a little bit of autonomy in order, you know, with the Sanhedrin able to deal with their own affairs but of course the city was ultimately wiped out yeah. uh, not too long after the the resurrection completely um completely wiped out uh, shortly after the resurrection within a few decades you know but, i look i don't know i you know having written about christian persecution for so long eight years officially and followed this for well over a decade easy probably closer to 12 15 well almost probably 15 closer to 15 years i've actually studied the the persecuted church um you know there's 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 a couple interesting things that that i know number one the persecuted church is a joyful church the western church the persecuted church looks at us and they're amazed that we can that we can even have our faith here in the west because of all the wealth that we have and the freedom which we take for granted we completely do i don't i don't take my my freedom for granted like i used to though i can tell you the older that i get and we all know i'm getting old right eh, 
yeah, I got the white hair. Anyway, um, the older that I get, the more I appreciate what we're doing here all over the internet. Because look, Bible News Radio is on secular platform. We chose not to be on Christian platform. I could, I could, if you guys gave me lots of money, I could go ahead and I could put like Bible News Radio all over Christian media and we could get a huge, a much larger audience. That's not my calling. That's not my desire either, actually. I would much rather be on a secular platform and have our show spiked, which it is, all over the place. It's hidden. It's, you know, three people might see it. So when you guys share out, you know, you tag friends or whatever, it means a lot because it means certain people are getting to see our show. Plus, God will bring whoever he wants to it anyway. I don't have a problem with that. But I would much rather have this out here on a secular platform where I have the still still the freedom to share the gospel uh, or talk about the Bible in an open way than, than be preaching to the so-called choir, throwing money away. I actually have friends who, it's it's so sad, they waste their money by putting their stuff on Christian TV and they really get no nothing from it. You know, <laughs> you don't need millions and millions of dollars to spread the gospel all over the world. We Randall and I do it like for under a thousand bucks a month we do this so i mean just saying and speaking of that i have to also say um you know last night if you are on my text message list um you got a tweet or text from me last night you also got an email that i sent out uh because um because we need to raise some money randall and me because when i was in california (laughs) our kitchen flooded right yeah it did Poor Bearface. He had to deal with it. You know, we got it. We have insurance, but, um, you know, insurance isn't going to cover everything. I'm pretty sure of it. Um, And so what I decided I wanted to do was take my Bible study that I put together well over a year ago called um, Stop Lying to Yourself. Your Secrets Aren't Secret. Take that which I originally priced, I forgot what the original price was, but I had it for 125 bucks. Everybody that bought that course at full price told me I should have marked it up three times what I originally sold it for, okay? It took me over 20 hours of study and research to put this study together. It's six videos. It's over two hours of Bible teaching in context uh, with handouts uh, and some bonus content, and I'm now selling it for the next couple of days for $10, okay? Because we really need to raise some money, I mean, to help pay for my kitchen floor um, <laughs> and taxes because, you know, we're going to, we're, I know we're going to get hit. We, ex- we filed an extension, but we, we owe, there's no doubt about it because we live in Tennessee, so we get hit double with self-employment tax. So if you would like to help Bible News Radio and get something for it, then I want to encourage you to go to, um, where is it, Bareface, that I put it? Did I give you the link? Uh, did I not? No, you didn't. Does this <laughs> does this bitly? Yeah, that will work. That still work? Yeah. Although, let me let me before we share that, let me go ahead here and um, confirm that. I just want to make sure that the price has changed on there. Because some of you already have this, which means that you can actually just donate if you want. In fact, um, yeah, no, it didn't. Oh, okay, it has to be all caps. Hold on a second. Make sure. Yeah. I'd... Does it show it's ten dollars now? Yeah, it goes to the page that has the both uh, stop lying and the unstuck club. But... Okay, good. Okay, so here's here's the thing: when you go to Bitly forward slash BNR classroom, it has to be all caps. Okay, it has to be all caps there. When you go there, you can actually get this course for ten bucks. That's the lowest I've ever sold this course, uh, and it's a ten dollars. It's a steal. <laughs> it really is a steal. Um, you donate or, you know, whatever to that, then I just want you to know that, um, that study will change your life. It really will. It will give you insight and stuff. I mean, it changed my life. If you, if you love me, then you'll love this because it's just me on video teaching you the Bible. Um, so you can go there or you could do what a couple of my friends did. You can donate to us and just say, Hey, please help this with your kitchen floor replacement. Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, we're, did you get the quote yet? No. No, okay. <laughs> the lady today came to give us a quote, but she hasn't given it to us yet. So we're we're waiting to see if it's going to fall within the insurance money guidelines or if it's going to be over. So we'll, we'll see. But I had two people donate a little extra money to us, and I totally appreciate it. You guys know who you are. 
I just want to say thank you and, and you know, if, if not in advance, but in, in past. And if you want to donate to our, our show because you love us so much, you can also do that over at our website at BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. You can do that. Um, you know, anything, anything, $2 is <laughs> would help. You know, it'd probably be a dollar seventy-five after PayPal, though. Just so you know. Um, <clears throat> also, also the other thing is too, if you want to sign up for Legal Shield and you're interested in learning more about doing that, uh, then you can go to Bitly forward slash capital L O J. It has to be all caps. Twenty nineteen. You can go there. You can watch videos over there. You can sign up directly on the website, or you can contact me, and I can tell you more and you know fill you in on what you need to do. Um, so you get signed up, get protected with Legal Shield. Um, I heard a really great testimony this morning. Uh, one of the the ladies, uh, to me, she's a kid because she's in her twenties, uh, who actually is one of the, one of our top sellers. She's um, um, she was sharing about why is it that a young person needs to get a will, you know? And as you guys know, I just got my will done. It's actually sitting over there, um, you know, at fifty, but you know, if you don't have your advanced directives done and all that stuff taken care of when you're 18 and older, uh, you could really ultimately lose control of who you are, your body, what people do to you if you actually don't have that type of stuff done. Uh, in fact, I heard a story this morning that was basically just that. A 19-year-old ended up uh, ended up in the hospital and because he was an adult and he did not have uh, a advanced healthcare directive and his will taken care of and all that stuff put in writing. Um, the doctor, uh, ordered giving him, I think it was a sugar, I forgot glucose. And his mother said, no, you know what? He's diabetic. You can't do that. And they're like, whatever the doctor said to do it. That kid could have died. Right. So it's that type of stuff. If you haven't thought about it and as Christians, and I was telling somebody this, I think when I was in California, as Christians, how much more so now to have a great tool like Legal Shield and ID Shield at your, you know, in the palm of your hand? We should be using this service as much as possible. And part of my job, and it is part of my job, and I'm very serious about my job, is to make sure that you know what your rights are and that you have the freedom to call an attorney when you need to. And, you know, a lot of people, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to do it. I actually had one friend of mine, and it really bothered me. Actually, they said, well, I don't want anything to do with your cheap attorneys, low-budget attorneys. They weren't really open to hearing what it was about. And I basically, I felt hurt by that, but I thought, you know, they, they're too close-minded right now. They don't want to hear what it's about. Legal Shield isn't cheap attorneys. <laughs> Just so you know, it's a law firm. You get a whole bunch of law firm people the average, at least here in my in my state, is over 20 years they've been attorneys, you know, for over for 20 years. And over 90% of the calls that we make to them, they actually, it's covered in our basic membership, right, which is $24.95 a month. The value of it is, is far outweighs the cost, not because the attorneys are cheap or horrible, but because it's, you know, the attorneys already paid millions of dollars in advance, you know, and we are, and people just don't use the service. That's like, I, and I've said this before, it's like going to the gym, right? You pay 600 bucks a year to go to the gym and you might use it three times. Not me, because I'm there playing pickleball all the time. But still, you know, they, the gym still gets paid whether or not you use it or not. It's the same way with these attorneys, you know, but all the other benefits, you know, and if you're my associates, pay attention because this stuff is stuff you could be telling people. You know, you get your member perks. I saved 86 bucks on a rental car. 86 bucks to me is a ton of money. Just so you know, it might not be to you, but to me, it was like, that's, that was almost four days of a rental car because, because my rental car fees were under $25 a day because I had perks. If I didn't have perks, I wouldn't have saved that just so you know. And those perks are free. It comes with your membership. So make sure that you're, you're checking out your perks. Um, you know, and all that. And I also have to tell you too, I just want to share one story. Um, I found this on uh, star telegram in, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And I didn't send this to you, Randall, but, um, it says here, a man in Keller identi 
man in Keller identity theft ring used stolen cards to sell hotel rooms to pimps. Listen to this. A Louisville man who stole more than a thousand credit and debit card numbers was sentenced on Monday to nearly five years in federal prison. Otis or Otis Edwards, 40, pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit access device fraud in January. Edwards stole more than 1,200 uh, credit and debit card numbers via the dark net and internet chat rooms. He and several others who are charged in the case used counterfeit uh, cards to book more than $250,000 in rooms and incidentals at hotels around Dallas-Fort Worth, authorities said. According to testimony in court on Monday, Monday Edwards sub-rented the rooms to drug dealers and pimps at a fraction of their true cost. Anyway, it goes on and talks about that. My point is, with identity theft protection, you are mon- you're getting your stuff monitored on the dark web. So if anything is happening like this, all of a sudden on your credit card, there's a pimp, you know. <laughs> Just say We monitor it. So anyway, if you're interested, then let me know. And I just saw that donation that came in. And you know what? Thank you. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me because I know everybody works hard for their money. And I really appreciate what you just donated. Love you, man. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Um, oh, also Ariel Ministries. <laughs> yeah, our little sponsor. I almost forgot them. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, you can go to Ariel Ministries and go to ariel.org. Go there. And um, don't forget you have a... a uh, 20% coupon that you can use anytime when you go to, to ariel.org. You just use the coupon code Bible News. And if you go over to our website, uh, BibleNewsRadio.com, you can get the latest book by Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum called The Fasts and Feasts of Israel, which is really difficult for me to say. I really can't say that name very well, <laughs> but it's The Feasts and Fasts. Fast. I can't say that word very well. Of Israel. Um, they are historical and prophetic significance. Go check that out. You know, you guys want to learn more about the Hebrew roots of your, your faith, your biblical roots, then go for it. Check it out. I don't have my copy here. Otherwise, I'd hold it up for you. Um, but check it out and, um, you know, and let us know. <laughs> let us know what you think. All right. Wow. It's, it's, it's a hardcover book. Is it? 445 pages. Wow. $28. I need to ask them. Minus 20%. So that'll be, what, $5.60 off? So that brings it, you know, that brings it, um, yeah, $22 and change. Yeah. For an almost 500-page hardcover book. That's awesome. That's that's very cool. Good deal. Yeah, so check it out, you guys. Coexist. Okay, so let's see here. We're seeing some some uh, comments in here. So Dennis, you came in. Where are those pesky Muslims celebrating? First of all, they're not pesky. I wouldn't say Muslims are pesky at all. I'd say that they're individuals that their eyes are blinded blinded spiritually. Um, you know, and God is calling lots of Muslims to himself in visions and dreams and stuff. Um, but we read the a World Net Daily article earlier. You can go either rewind and watch when we read it, or you can go to WND.com and find the article yourself and read it. Okay, I think that's it. Is there anything I'm forgetting? No? Yes, maybe. You just got quiet. Hello, Jackie. I should say hi to people, too. Let's see if I can say hi. There's Mama Gina. How you doing, girl? Lady of God. Advar, Who is forever associated with an aardvark in my mind. I don't know why, but anyway. Mia, superhero paramedic. Melanie, number one super fan. Diane is Diane. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Jackie, nice to see you. Dennis. And three more people. I can't see who you are on Periscope. I don't know if anybody's on YouTube, but if you are, hello, people. And if you're on Twitch, of course, you're you're there as well, aren't you? Yeah, you are. All right, so there you have it. Um, thank you in advance for any help that you can give Randall and I. Um, it really does help. And um, we will let you know. I'm I'm praying. I really am praying <laughs> that our um, the floor <laughs> is covered by the insurance, but... 
I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. It is one of those things. It's just, you know. <laughs> Randall, what do you think? Any any other other thoughts? Uh, not right now. Yeah, okay, good. Yes, that's right. And, and pray for Paris. That's a good point. You know what? Great point. Yeah, pray for those over there because, you know, it's, it is what it is. So anyway. All right. So hope you have a good rest of your day. Remember, everybody, you can also get a coffee cup if you'd like. This one's got coffee all over it because it, it like exploded in the microwave. But this is my coffee cup. Be bold. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. That, that part isn't on it, but, you know, the other part is. <laughs> and you can go to our store on there and um, and get it. All right. We'll see you later.